Welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. This week we're speaking to Nikki Gumbel, the founder of the Alpha Course, and our guest host is Lee Hatcher from Open House. My very special guest tonight is a man who's had a hugely significant impact on how the world engages with the Christian faith, Nikki Gumbel, the pioneer of the Alpha Course. 16.5 million people around the world have done this course. At last count, 55,000 Alpha courses are being run across most cultures of the world in 169 nations. Nikki Gumbel is based at Holy Trinity Brompton in London and is said to be more influential than the Archbishop of Canterbury. More than that, the claim is Alpha is saving the church. He's heading to Australia in a couple of months' time to make a special appearance at the Hillsong Conference. And I'm very pleased to say that Nikki Gumbel joins us now on the line from London. Nikki, welcome to Open House. Thank you very much indeed, Lee. It's great to be with you. It's great to have you with us. There's no doubting uh, the reach and impact of the Alpha Course, and your name is inextricably linked to it, of course. But it was actually initiated by someone else. I want you to tell us how that played out and how you became involved. It was started in 1977 by someone called Charles Marnham, and his wife, Tricia, came up with the name Alpha. And uh, over the years, it, it's grown and evolved. Uh, we became involved a bit more closely in it in 1990. And um, uh, I've been involved pretty much since then. What were the kind of insights that you had into people and how to connect with them that shaped the Alpha Course uh, from where it began into the, the phenomenon that it's become? One of the things that happened in October 1990, uh, when I uh, took on the course, which was basically a course for people who were already Christians, was that we found that there were a whole lot of people coming on this course who were kind of outside of the church, people who wouldn't have called themselves Christians. And as a result of coming on the course, they were coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and their lives were being radically changed. And so we, we, we realized that this course could be, could be used for people who are searching, people who are searching for meaning, for purpose, for the answers to the big questions of life. So we slightly adjusted it, not very much, but a little bit, to aim it at people outside of the church. And because certainly in London there's so many more people outside of the church than there are inside of the church, it started to grow very rapidly. And uh, since then it is, it's been like a, uh, an, an explosion, um, yes. uh, just growing uh, so that we have hundreds of people coming each time. We run it three times a year, hundreds of people coming on the course to explore these big questions. Yes. I'm interested to tap into your insights into what kind of makes people tick what, what were those insights that you brought to the course that changed it? How do you understand how to connect with people? I think it's something to do with the kind of questions people are asking. And I think everybody has this kind of something missing in their life without a relationship with God through Jesus. There's this sort of spiritual hunger, this, this void, this emptiness. And so we know that we're tapping into something that, that is in every human heart because it's the way that God has created us. 
and uh, the, the, the structure of the course, I think, makes it very easy for people outside of the church because it's non-confrontational, it's very warm, it's very friendly, it's very relaxed, um, and people come for a meal, uh, they get to know one another, they hear a talk which is relevant to their lives, and then they go into small groups where they discuss these big questions. And it's the kind of questions that it's very hard to discuss you know, at a football match or at a pub or whatever. It's, it's, what do you think the meaning of life is? What do you think the purpose of us being here? Where do we come from? Where are we heading? Yes. I wonder whether part of the genius about Alpha is the role that food, as you mentioned, we were talking about this on Open House last week, the power of food to bring people together, build relationships and do some significant things around the table. Yeah, I think that's certainly one of the elements. I think there are a number of elements, but I think it's, it's that, but also the small groups, the way that the, the, the friendships develop, uh, the way that people help to answer one another's questions. But I think supremely it's, it's the role of the Holy Spirit in changing people's lives. And there's a weekend which is particularly focused on the, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And in my experience, that is the moment where people's lives are radically changed. I wanted to ask you about that because much has been written and commented upon and criticized about how and what you teach about the Holy Spirit in the Alpha Courses. How do you describe, what's the form of words that you would describe what happens with the Holy Spirit and why it happens as it does in this course? The course is Trinitarian. It focuses on the work of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, the weekend is particularly around that. And the, the supreme work of the Holy Spirit is that the, the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a way in which we experience God's love for us. And, and the course, like the whole of the Bible really, is about God's love for us. How God wants to be in a relationship with us, a relationship of love. And he wants us to know and experience that love. Supremely, on the cross, God revealed his love for us. Jesus died for us. But we experience that love through the Holy Spirit being poured into our hearts. And this is, is for many people, a life-changing experience. I think for some Christians, for non-Christians, the way uh, the Holy Spirit is related to and, and what it does within the course... Some people find that a confronting thing, an uncomfortable kind of experience. What would you say about that? I think that when we encounter the power of God, inevitably there are different responses to that. Uh, when you look at the life of Jesus, not everybody was um, as warm towards him as, as um, one might have hoped. And uh, I think that there's, there's always some hostility to Jesus to God, to the Holy Spirit, and so on. But equally, what we have found is that, that many, many people really are longing for something to, to, to quench their spiritual thirst. And Jesus said that, that the Holy Spirit, he talked about rivers of living water flowing from within us. And I think when people experience the, these rivers of living water satisfying their spiritual thirst, it has a life-changing, it's a life-changing experience. And uh, I mean, we're seeing this in, in so many people's lives. For some people, it's very dramatic. Uh, last Sunday, I interviewed in church a guy who had been one of the six most dangerous men in the prison system here. 
he had um, committed attempted murder, uh, a lot of violence, kidnapping. He, he was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. And while he was in, in prison, and the only reason he got such a short sentence was because he was so young. Um, and while he was in prison, he stabbed two police officers, which extended his sentence. And he was put in a maximum security uh, prison in their close supervision uh, cell, which means that, that they, he was fed through a hatch. Uh, no one had any contact with him. When they opened the door, they wouldn't do it without six police officers in riot gear, shields, etc. One for each arm, one for each leg, and two extra. That's the only way. He was so dangerous. Wow. And um, he got transferred to a prison called Long Larton, and he found himself on an Alpha course. And during the Alpha course, basically, he said to God, he, he said, God, I hate who I've become. Uh, if you're real, come into my life, change me. And then he experienced the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit filled him, and he was instantly changed. He went up to, to a group of 10 police officers and said, it's real. And they said, what's real? They said, Jesus Christ is real. And they, they were completely shocked. This guy who had been the most, one of the six most dangerous people in the entire prison population in this country became the, a, a totally changed character. Within a year, he was released. Uh, he's now married with two young children, one on the way. He's been out of prison for five years. He's been, uh, not only has he not been in any trouble, he's been a huge blessing to so many people's lives. Uh, he's only 29 years of age. I interviewed him last Sunday in all of our services, and he's now going into the prisons. So many people are coming to faith in Jesus through his story and through the obvious transformation in his life. Now, only the Holy Spirit can transform a guy like that. Can you tell us in pre-Alpha days how you first came to Christian faith yourself? I was not brought up as a Christian. My father was Jewish. He was a secular Jew. He would have described himself, I think, as an agnostic my mother was not a churchgoer, and I came to faith my first year at university through reading the New Testament. It was uh, as a result of a friend of mine saying that he'd become a Christian, that I, I thought I ought to investigate for myself, and I read the New Testament. And it was in, through reading the, the New Testament that I encountered Jesus Christ. I wonder if you've ever had uh, times where, as you've experienced the whole Alpha thing, whether it seemed more an enterprise uh, an exploding kind of franchise rather than a faith endeavor not really i think for, for me every, every course every alpha course and this is the 63rd alpha course in a row that i've been involved in helping on i'm in a small group and i i watch the, those individuals lives being transformed uh, on the last course, we had the most extraordinary group of people uh, who, the first night, you would think, these people have nothing in common. Yet by the end, they were such close friends. And atheists had become Christians, and people's lives had been radically changed. And now we're just starting a new course. It's, um, it was week two last week. It's so exciting already to see <coughs> Jesus changing people's lives. And... Um, uh, so for me, it's all about the individual. Uh, we run the course here. Other churches now around the UK, 7,000 churches in the UK are running it. And then, of course, all around the world. Like I, I, I hear that there are 2,000 churches in Australia running it. Yes. But th it, it's, it's really only um, uh, the same as our small course, well, our, our, our small group 
or our course in, in, in the UK just ex- expanded, multiplied in different areas. On Open House tonight, we're with Nicky Gumbel, who's heading to Australia over the next couple of months. He's speaking to us from London. I'm very interested to ask you, with your insights and your experience through this course, when you look at, more broadly, our society, uh, the people in power, the people who influence it, and those who are influenced by it all, what do you think society's greatest need is, Christian or not, in 2011? Well, I think that there are various areas of society that, that, that need, need uh, addressing, and if we're going to see society change. And it would start with the individual. It, it starts with a, a person like Shane Taylor, who I've just described, a, a, danger, a man who was a dangerous criminal transformed by Jesus Christ. Ultimately, it all starts with the human heart, the, 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 the change in the human heart. But then I think there are other issues that society needs to address. Family life is absolutely key. Marriage and family life are the key to any society. And we have to address issues of helping people with marriage, with parenting and so on, because uh, a strong society is built on strong families. And then I think we have to address the culture. All these areas of influence, like government, the marketplace, arts and entertainment, media. Jesus said that we're to be the salt and light. And we need Christians in all those areas, bringing the light of Jesus Christ uh, to those areas of influence. And then the whole area of, um, of, of society, of poverty, justice. These are issues we have to address. Uh, the, the, the global issues of poverty, the global issues of injustice, the trafficking of, of particularly of women and children um, is it, the most appalling issue that facing our world. The, the 30,000 children dying of, of starvation every day is, is an issue we have to address in our world. And then I, I would take the, the fifth, fifth area is leadership. Leadership is absolutely key. And you see that in government, in business, um, in every area of, of our society, and in the church. And we have to, to train up leaders who will, will make a difference to our world. Nikki, someone in your position spearheading what is a global phenomenon and a very significant ministry, by the way, in Holy Trinity Brompton in London, are you ever allowed to have, or are you able to have, I think, doubts or questions about the Christian faith yourself? Absolutely. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. Doubt is part of faith. You, you can't have faith without doubt. They're, they're like two sides of the same coin. If there was no doubt, you couldn't have faith. Uh, a mathematical proof, there's no doubt. Two plus two equals four. It requires no faith to believe that, and there's no doubt about it. But it is not a terribly important thing. Love, on the other hand, there's always an element of doubt. There has to be. Do you you know that your wife loves you? Yes, of course you know that. But is it open to doubt? Of course it is. Uh, Can you prove it? No, you can't prove it. But but you believe it, and you trust it. And therefore, this element of doubt is key to faith. It's key to love. It's key to all the really important things in life. It keeps you asking the questions, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Can I look briefly with you at uh, how the Christian faith is regarded and how it's faring in our society, especially the West today? How do you think it's doing? I think it depends what part of the world you're looking at. The, the, The Christian church has been in 
decline in Western Europe, probably in um, uh, Australasia, I, I suspect. Um, uh, there are many parts of the world where the Christian faith has been in decline for the last few decades. But if you take the global picture, uh, the church is, is very strong. The church is, is, is very strong in, um, it is still strong actually in, in the United States. Yes. It is, is very strong in, um, and growing in Africa. Uh, it's growing in Latin America very fast. It's growing in many parts of Asia. China, there's, they're seeing a, a revival. India, uh, I, the, the, the countries where I've seen the greatest spiritual hung, hunger are China and India. Yes. And an astonishing growth. Uh, in the last few years. So globally, I think the Christian church is, is extremely strong. And even in the countries where I've mentioned where we've, there's been decline, like Western Europe and other parts of the world, there, I think, are, are shoots of new life um, and great signs of hope. Certainly we're seeing that here. We're seeing that not just in the, in the fact that hundreds of young people turn up on our Alpha course here. The average age is 27 75% of the people who come are aged between 18 and 35. And every course we run, and we run it three times a year, hundreds of new people turn up to explore, to ask these questions. So I think there's, there's a huge spiritual hunger, and I think, um, I think the tide is turning. Nikki, as I said, you're headed uh, for the Hillsong Conference here in Australia in July. Uh, for what will be a significant step forward for the Alpha Course, I think, at a conference like that, what's going to be your message that you'll bring to Australia then? Well, I am um, really looking forward to coming to Australia, and I find on all these occasions I learn far more from uh, others than I have anything to contribute. And I'm really looking forward to being at the Hillsong Conference. I know that I'll learn a huge amount from um, all of the people there. I love, um, I, I love all the team in Hillsong. I think they're a fantastic group of people. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing the other speakers. Uh, I know that there'll be an outstanding um, group. I've been at the Hillsong events before. They always have amazing people. And I always find I learn a huge amount. So I'm looking forward to coming, to learning, to being with a whole lot of friends there. And um, I'm really excited about it. Can I ask one question to, uh, to end? And I, I often ask this of people uh, involved in significant things, whether it be in the Christian faith or not. Away from it all, you got a day or two or even a week to, to chill and do what you really charges your batteries, recharges your batteries. What do you do then? I, I find I need to recharge my batteries every day, really. Um, and uh, um, the, um, uh, the, the main way, I guess, emotionally is with um, family and friends. Yeah, we're very blessed with uh, I have the most amazing wife and children who I, I love and love being with, and that's emotionally recharging. Um, uh, but then also I find it important to do things that sort of physically recharge, and that I play sport and I, I play squash pretty well every day, uh, six days a week I, I play, and I play with a group of friends who are totally outside the church, and I, I love to do that. I find it very relaxing, it's fun, and again, I, I'm, I, it's a way that, that I can sort of recharge. Nikki Gumbel, thank you so much indeed for uh, joining us tonight on Open House. There'll be many people looking forward to seeing you uh, in the next couple of months when you come and visit. I'm really looking forward to seeing all, all, all of them, and uh, Lee, it's been great to be with you. Great to God talk God bless you. you. Thank you. 
If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com and also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.